Welcome to episode three of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco. Thanks again for being along on the, uh, on the journey and the start of the journey since we're just on episode three. Today, we got a really cool um, guest that I'm going to speak with, and we're going to jump right into that in just a minute. But I wanted to backtrack, especially if you have listened to the first couple episodes. If you haven't, I'd encourage you to go back, um, take a listen through. It kind of starts building a little bit of the story of, of why I started this podcast and you know where we're looking to take it. But one of the things that I'm going to do in January um, 2018 is this dozen months of discovery. So this may sound repetitive for some of the folks that have listened to prior episodes, but for the new folks, um, the dozen months of discovery is based on this premise that you know you can learn a new skill in about 20 hours. So having a lot of curiosity around things, I want to see, hey, can I learn 12 new skills or maybe you know a mixture of skills and adventures or whatever that terminology may be? in 2018. And when I take a, you know, a stock of my life, so to speak, um, that snapshot at the end of 2018, how much further have I moved the needle from the beginning of it? And that's something I want to encourage everyone to start thinking about that mindset that you have. How are you going to be better, you know, tomorrow than you were today? How are you going to be better, you know, next week than you are today? And, and then, you know, as you move on to the months and years. So if you, if you take a, a look back at the beginning of 2017, how far have you moved the needle? How far have you moved? Or are you kind of just waiting in the water and, and things haven't really progressed too much, whether it's your career or personal life or, you know, skill development, whatever it may be. So I encourage you to take a look at that and because that's really what this is about, right? That motivation or inspiration that, you know, folks may need and, and kind of do it together as a community to push forward and be better uh, human beings for ourselves, but also for the other human beings that we have to interact with on a, uh, on a daily basis. So rant over at least for episode three, but let's jump right in to speak with Julie. Um, Julie Bauer-Roth um, is my guest today. She is a New York Times uh, bestselling author, better known online as PaleoMG. So that's P-A-L-E-O-M-G dot com is her blog. Also on Instagram and Snapchat and others at PaleoMG. But just a, a really interesting person. Um, I started following her probably, I don't know, probably a year ago or so. And she just, one of the challenges I have with Julie is she always posts pictures of her stuff at the worst times when you're so hungry and you want to eat. And then she just posts these unbelievable pictures of these recipes she's made. So um, then, you, you know, you got to go, you know, that's the hook, I guess. Go check out her recipes and, and start trying to make them. And I've made a few of them and and. Uh, geez, they, they are, they are unbelievable. Um, so definitely check, especially around the holidays. Now you're with family, you're with friends, you're trying new stuff, pick a couple of the recipes and try them out. I think you guys may enjoy, um, her blog and all the different offerings that it does have. So, um, we're going to talk to Julie about a lot of things around, you know, her starting this blog and business and, you know, some of the things to watch out for. Maybe, um, she's big into fashion and fitness. So we'll maybe dabble in there a little bit, but I think you guys will really enjoy the, uh, the interview today. And uh, please provide any feedback, any comments after it's over. Um, love to hear how it's going. Love to hear your thoughts, things that I could help um, bring you more value um, each and every uh, interview. So with that being said, let's jump right in and uh, talk to Julie. Julie, good afternoon. Welcome to the uh, the podcast. Thank you for having me. No, absolutely. Glad to, uh, to chat with you. Um, I, I knew we were meant to do this podcast when I read on your website. I'm unapologetic, quite frank, and a bit obscene at times because I'm like, wait a minute, that's 
that's me. I think she just explained who I am. So okay, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of alignment there. Um, and actually, that's where I'll start because with a lot of folks, and, and this uh, this will tail into some questions here we'll talk about um, in terms of getting online and getting out there. But I think you know some of those personality traits sometimes go unnoticed or often unappreciated. Give me a little idea just about the frankness and kind of the candor and those type of things. Where do you think you get that from? Is that is that from an upbringing? Is that just something that came out when you were you know younger or getting into the college years? T- tell me a little about that because I think that's important for folks to hear and, and not shy away from um, those things that make you you. I think that came from growing up and trying to be someone who I wasn't. So trying to kind of conform with um, society norms or to be the cool kid in school. And I would try to be this different person and then I would, wouldn't be liked by people. And so I was like, why, why am I trying to conform to what I think is like the norm? Why not just be myself? Because no matter if you're yourself or if you're someone else, someone's not going to like you. There'll be people who love you and there'll be people who hate you. So you might as well be exactly the person you want to be. And I think that's what I began to figure out as I kind of came more into my own as um, a college kid and you can kind of reinvent yourself as a college kid. And then as I grew older, I, I just, I just would rather much, I would much rather be myself because that's just way more fun than trying to pretend and try to be someone else. No, that's, that's awesome to hear. And I, and I think that goes to the point where a lot of people try to fake it almost to, to make themselves fit in, in certain groups, instead of just saying, Hey, this is who I am and, and I'm going to go about it. And, and it almost opens up a, almost a new, a new you, so to speak, when you, when you kind of let that happen. So that's good to hear that you kind of fought through that and, and decided to, to do you. Um, so to that, and, and that obviously leads to some stuff where of what you're doing now and, and kind of how you're out there. But h- how did this all start? So, and, and what I mean by that first is like your obsession with food. Where, where, where did that come from? Did you grow in a healthy environment or household? Because like, obviously healthy living and eating is something you, know, you talk about a lot. So where did, it, where did that all start? I never, I did not grow up in a healthy household whatsoever. We were definitely, um, I mean, I was eating Little Debbie like oatmeal cream pies every single day. And I would buy my lunch and just get like French fries with cheese sauce. And I was so far from eating healthy and understanding what healthy eating was. Um, but I was always obsessed with food. And I remember, I still remember this, that I was with one of my friends and we were eating lunch and I was like, what should we eat for dinner tonight? And she's like, we haven't even eaten our lunch. Why are you talking about dinner? And I was like, oh, it's like, is not, does everyone not think about food 24 seven? Like, that's what I just thought about all the time. And it, food became my enemy. And so I, um, always ate terrible food. And then I would eat incredibly low fat and just kind of follow the norms of, um, the special K diet or this diet or that diet. And, um, food just became the enemy and I really didn't want to live that life. And it was when I found, um, the paleo diet when I was in the end of college and I started doing CrossFit that I finally understood that food is fuel, food is food is energy, food is not the enemy. Um, and I was really able to change my diet slowly and figure out what foods worked for me and any depression, any issues I had, um, ADD, all these issues that I had growing up 
completely went away when I finally was able to change my diet. And, um, that's kind of what, where the blog came from, where paleomg.com came from. Cause I wanted to share those recipes and those experiences with others. Well, and, and so folks that don't know, can you give the quick elevator pitch, so to speak, on paleo, what what that is, just for folks that are like, what the hell is she talking about? Yeah. So for the paleo diet, it's before the industrial revolution, before we were able um, to manufacture all these terrible processed foods. And um, it's back to how our ancestors ate. So imagine these hunter-gatherers, they're getting protein sources, they're getting uh, greens, seeds, berries, and they're keeping it very simple. There wasn't canola oil. There wasn't all this sugar in our diets. So it's just keeping it simple. And of course, we live in a very different world where we're bombarded with sugars and processed foods and things that taste really fucking good. And so I wanted to create a paleo diet, a paleo structure that still tasted really good. Um, and that's where I started paleomg.com was coming up with recipes that had the paleo guidelines, but kind of stretched it into what works for our culture, um, and for our taste buds nowadays. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I, there's so many different things as you explained just a, a minute ago. So that's good for folks to hear what that is. And, um, and again, maybe it's something they should look at or, or at least think about, um, as they're trying to, um, get a new diet or get a new, um, and not so much a diet, a way of life or a lifestyle change. So, yeah. um, so to that point though, with the, and, and this kind of leads into the, the blog that you started, give a timeline for folks on when the, because you were, you were working full time, right? And then you said, I'm going to start writing a blog. I'm going to start putting, you know, some, some of these recipes out there. Help me get, in terms of that starting point. Um, what were you doing full time when you kind of started the blog? How did the idea originate? Like, you know, I'm going to put this online. I'm gonna start writing this stuff. I have no idea if it's going to do anything, but I'm gonna start doing it. it. Help us through those, those early years. Well, I started, I was working in corporate wellness. I was working for Coors in their wellness center. And then, um, was not a huge fan of corporate wellness. And so I started working full time as a CrossFit coach. And so I was coaching at like five different gyms. So it was all over the place constantly. And one CrossFit gym I was at, um, he noticed that I was super into nutrition and food. And, um, I was always bringing in different recipes that I was trying for him to try. And he was the owner of this CrossFit gym. And he asked if I wanted to start the nutrition tab for, um, his CrossFit website. So I started the nutrition tab and started meeting with people and answering questions and helping them grocery shop and, um, when I was moving away from that gym, I wanted to keep that going. And so a friend was like, Oh, well you should start a blog. And I didn't really know what a blog was. And so he just helped me get up this really super simple, um, uh, free website. And I started paleomg.com and, um, it was very basic back in the day on like blogspot.com. And I just started sharing my recipes out there. And that was in 2011. And, um, yeah, then it just continued to grow and more word of mouth, uh, people started hearing about the blog more and more and it kind of grew and I had to expand my website and continue to do that and find a host and really figure out how to actually run an online business. Well, so what do you think took off? Was it a, just the consistency of, of putting out the recipes and kind of the passion behind it, or was there some, 
viral, you know, one recipe took off or someone caught something and it went on fire. I'm, I'm curious how that happened. Well, back in 2011, 2012, Facebook was very different. They hadn't changed it to where you have to pay to be seen. It was very organic. So if you shared my recipe, all of your, say, a thousand friends would see it. And so that's how it really kind of started to explode was just simple word of mouth. They're like, I tried this recipe. It's awesome. And all their friends would see that post instead of how we only see ads and that sort of thing on Facebook now. So it was putting out that normal content on a regular basis and word of mouth. And then I, um, I, back in probably 2012, I talked about some body, uh, image issues that I was going through and all these people started commenting. It was like so many women and even men were going through the same feelings and had gone through those same struggles. And I think that's what kind of, um, elevated my blog was putting myself out there in a more vulnerable position and talking about issues I had gone through and other people were able to connect with that. And I think that's what kind of changed my blog's route and increased the traffic even more. Yeah, so staying and staying on that point because and that's really good and I think helpful for folks, especially ones that and you know the kind of the whole premise of this just get started is it's not just about okay you're doing one big thing you're starting a business it's kind of these micro meetings if I call it of yourself you think of the start and restarts with just the last six years probably doing the blog all these little things one of those is getting online especially as Facebook has changed you've had to go to other avenues with Instagram and, and Snapchat and those type of things so putting yourself out there one how difficult was that early on and and then two how did you kind of how did you i guess use that momentum or whatever whether it was probably there was negative comments right because as it is online but how did you use that to kind of motivate you to keep on going and saying hey this is the path i want to go down well it was almost that the online platform of my blog gave me an opportunity to almost talk to a therapist because i was talking to other people who understood the struggles i was going through and so I, that's what I love about it more than anything. When I, when I'm going through something, I can talk about it and other people are like, Oh, I've been through that. I, this is what helped me. And it became this like open conversation with people all over the world. And it's absolutely so hard to put yourself out there in any capacity. And we all go through that. Just say in a relationship, when you're dating someone for the first time and you're about to say, I love you to that person, it's very scary. It's the same thing of putting your deepest thoughts and feelings onto the internet. And you're always going to have people say mean things because of the position position you've put yourself in. But it, it just opened so many more doors and so many more voices out there that I would have never, ever met if it weren't for the internet. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, I think a lot of people need to hear that just to, more and more. Hey, get out. It's, it's, it's okay. This is how the world is today. You know, 30 years ago, you know, I know my parents didn't have that luxury. So now you have that opportunity to actually go out and, and crush it on there. Um, so th- that kind of transitions me into you, you obviously have three books out now, right? Is how did the idea to, hey, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to put these together. How, how did that come to fruition? Um, and and remind, give me again a timeline of how long had he been doing the blog for when that started? Well, I say, honestly, everything that I've done with my blog and different avenues I've gone down is because of what 
my readers have given me feedback wise. So as I, it was probably a year on my blog and, um, a, a readers started writing in and they're like, you should write a cookbook. I'm like, why would I write a cookbook when you have all my free recipes right here in front of you? You don't have to pay for this. This is 100% free. Why would you want to pay for something? And they're like, I just like having a book in hand. I like touching it. I like feeling it. I like looking at it in the kitchen. And so more and more people started writing me. And then I had a publisher contact me. So this had to have been in like 2012. I was, I need to look back at years cause it always gets so murky, but, um, 2012, I started my first cookbook with this publisher that had reached out and came out with my first cookbook and was not happy with the experience or the product of this first cookbook. And so I was at a conference and I ended up talking to a publisher that multiple of my multiple friends in the paleo, um, arena had gone through. And so I talked to this publisher and, um, wrote a second cookbook with this publisher, with the second publisher. And then, um, the third cookbook, I wasn't totally happy with the second cookbook. And then my third cookbook, I went back to that same publisher, my second publisher and said, I have this vision. I want this to happen. And wrote my third cookbook. So it was three cookbooks in three years. So it was probably, I think it was 2012, 2013, and 2014. Okay. And, and talk about that. So that ex- first experience, and, and obviously you've had experiences on the other two, but tell, tell me the pros and cons of that. Because I think at one time or another, everyone wants to write a book or has an idea to write a book, and most don't. Um, maybe the, for lack of a better term, the Cliff Notes version, if you will, of, of some of that experience, um, and, and maybe to help others like, don't make this same mistake. Yeah. I mean, everyone, their experience is so different with publishers. It's crazy because some people will write their entire book and send that into the publisher and the publisher will decide if they want to go with it. Other publishers, I just say, here's my idea. And they say, go with it. But, um, for this first cookbook, I, um, decided to do, I think a hundred recipes and like 60 were, ones that were already on my website. And then I did 30 brand new ones. And I mean, it's writing out the ingredients, writing out the instructions, writing all the little pieces in between kind of stories. Um, and then you go through the editing process and the design process, and it's a lot of back and forth and moving things around and, um, lots of editing. The editing goes back and forth between you and your editor multiple times and still things are missed. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a very back and forth process of finding what works for you. And every publisher is so different. Some publishers give you an advance. Other publishers don't. Um, some people work through a, uh, um, what am I like, uh, kind of like a PR person to get your book signed and, um, the deal. I'm like just totally blanking the word, but every process is so different and each cookbook was so different, but it's, it was probably, it's probably a, for me, it was a nine month process for every book of getting it, all the recipes done, photographed, all everything written back and forth editing before it goes to print. 
Does that answer okay. your question? That was like no. a lot of back and forth. No, that's great. No, that's that's really good. I like that. I like that depth on there. And and did you consider? I mean, is it would you, would you say if you're giving advice to folks going the publishing route versus self publishing? I know that's a big thing nowadays. I'm curious if if that ever hit your radar. Or? I mean, there are pros and cons. I when I was first deciding if I wanted to write a book, I had had a few friends who self-published at that same time and did incredibly well. And so I set up some Skype calls with them to talk about the pros and cons. And I just didn't want to find a designer. I didn't want to have to reach out to retailers to actually get my book like in Barnes and Noble. I really wanted the contacts of that my publisher had of Barnes and Noble and Costco and all the big name, um, places to get my books in. I didn't want to have to figure that out on my own, especially, I mean, when I wrote my first cookbook, I think I was 24. And so I, I was still very new to this whole world and I still feel like I am, but I think you have to find out what works for you. Publishers take a huge chunk because they make a, they take a huge risk of printing all these books and maybe they won't sell really well. But if you self publish, you get to make all that money back. It's just, you have to put much more time and, um, I think money up front into getting this book out there. So I think it just has, it just depends on what sounds better for you and what works for your lifestyle at that moment. So what's the, what's the coolest thing about being a, a published author, but also New York Times bestselling author, if I, if I saw it correctly, what, what's the coolest thing that's happened since then or, or been a part of that process? I mean, I think it's, it's gotten my face out there in different ways. Um, people always say they're like, are you writing another book? And that's not what I'm interested in at all. Um, but I, I think to people when they hear that you've written a book, people are like, Oh my God, that's so cool. I'm like, but my blog has been out there for seven years and I continue to put new content on that six days a week. And so I, I think a blog is so much cooler because I'm pushing myself every single day to come up with new content instead of just a nine month period. And then it's over. So I would say just getting my face out there and, um, showing the world that I, can write a book and I can do it and showing it to myself that I can do it. But I love my blog way more than just the books. Yeah. And the blog, the blog's pretty neat. I mean, if for, for folks listening, um, that, that haven't been to it, it's, it's pretty awesome. So a lot of great stuff there. I've know I've tried some of the recipes. I got, I got this one. I saw these sweet potato brownies the other day on there. Yeah. I got to try that for, Oh man, I can't wait to try those. So, yeah. That's an old school recipe. Super I old. Saw, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it still tastes good though. Yes, um, of course. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so can you talk just for a minute or two about, and, and obviously go with the depth that, that you can in terms of trade secrets, but you do this full time, right? So monetizing a blog or online presence, can can you give a little insight to that to folks yeah. of like how you've done that and, and maybe what's worked, what hasn't, et cetera? Of course. It's, it's always a learning process. And I think people, if they're trying to start making income off the, um, off the internet, know that it's a learning process and it continually builds if you work on it. So, um, one of the main just 
streams of income is ads on my website. So I have ads that are there regularly. So that's regular monthly income. Um, I work with a lot of different companies. So especially with my fashion, I get to work with, um, like Nordstrom and express and low lay and just amazing brands. And so they'll pay for sponsored posts. Um, and so I've had sponsored posts with food and fitness related and fashion related and then affiliate programs. I think affiliate programs are huge. Um, I use Amazon affiliates. I have affiliate programs with different companies that I work with, whether that's a meat company. So grass fed, grass finished meat company. Um, I use an affiliate program for my fashion posts that I share. So I think affiliate programs are awesome. If you can really build some, uh, relationships with businesses out there to create these healthy, uh, constant, um, affiliate programs. And, um, let's see. So ads, affiliate programs, um, sponsored posts, and then building relationships with different companies. So I just launched, um, my first pair of leggings. I did a collaboration with a company called four athletics. And so I'll make a percentage of that so it's, it's very many moving parts. I have a bookkeeper and my tax accountant makes sure, makes sure that everything is seamlessly moving together. Um, book royalties, everything's kind of all over the place all the time. But the main thing is definitely advertising on a website and affiliate programs are big too, for sure. No, that's great insight. I think uh, I think that's good again helpful for folks just to kind of hear that there's a variety of different ways to do it. And I'm assuming, tell me if I'm wrong in this, but you probably reached out to a lot of those as well. People have probably contacted you, but you've reached out. You've done a lot of that legwork, so to speak, early on to to, to get those relationships. Yeah, I have a. I think I have a hard time sometimes reaching out to companies. Um, I'll do that, and then I'll never hear back. And so it has become. Um, the more I'll, maybe I'll tag a company in a post and, uh, or say I'm using this product and that company will see it. They'll reach out to me. I've had a hard time reaching out to companies, but I know many of my blogging friends do that on a regular basis, or they hire a manager to do that as well. Um, so mine has just been talking about a company organically and that they get to contact me afterwards, which is really cool. So let me ask you this: the because it's getting it's getting lunchtime. Actually, it's past lunchtime here on the East Coast, so I'm getting kind of hungry. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the recipes for a second. One is a couple of questions there around: are you are you coming up with these yourself? Try trying and failing on some of these, or it, do you get some inspiration from somewhere? How, how do you come about with all these? All kinds of different ways. It's um... I look on Pinterest all the time just to see what people are making, what is trending. You know, right now it's pumpkin season, so I'm going to come up with pumpkin recipes. I base off things that I would like to eat. So I like to have pumpkin pie. I like to have um, different, like, savory, comforting foods. Uh, so I pull from things I've had in childhood, things I have at a restaurant. I always write down notes in the notes section of my uh, phone. So if I ever try something and I want to make that myself, I do that. I'll write down a cocktail that I had and the main ingredients in that cocktail. So there's just a million ways. It's, you know, it's our, there's so a million different ways you can create a recipe by just changing one ingredient in it. So you change a spice, it changes everything. So there's just a million different ways to really come up with recipes. 
so, so for our novices out there, like me, as a, as a, as a, uh, a chef or, or cook, um, what, what is a sp- – give me a spicer seasoning maybe that doesn't get as much credit that's like you, you got to try this. You know, stop just using salt and pepper kind of thing. Oh, let me think. That makes me want to like look in my spice cabinet. I had to let my dog out because he's going to whine and destroy this podcast. But, um, you know, one, if you are a novice and you're like, I have no idea. I don't want to buy a million spices. I highly recommend my friends made this company and this is like a plug for them, but because they have such great products, um, it's called primal palette and they have a ton of spice blends. So I know buying spices can feel so overwhelming, especially when you don't have them and you have to buy like six different spices and they're, you know, $10 a pop. But my friends at primal palette, their spice line, they have like a taco seasoning, a meat and potato seasoning, adobo seasoning. And so then you can create, create incredibly delicious, full of depth flavors without buying a ton of spices. So I recommend that. And I'm always a huge fan of chili powder. If you just want to go straight up, just a spice, chili powder is a really good one. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's in my top five. I always throw some, uh, especially in some chili I made last week. So um, so what's your go-to? you got to take your dog out. You have all this stuff going on. What's kind of a go-to dish? You have a limited time. G- give an idea, and maybe it's pointing to something on your website um, or something where folk can make because, you know, everyone, you know, is busy and, you know, running to soccer games or doing whatever with their families. What, what can they make in a, in a quick time that actually tastes good, healthy, um, and quick to make? You know, my kind of go-to nowadays is just because these things are very simple to cook and it's not even a recipe. It's just, I love salmon because it's so fast to cook. I'll just turn my um, oven up to broiler. So it's like 550 or something. And I cook the salmon fillets for eight minutes. Literally, I put garlic powder and salt on it. That's it. And then I'll usually cook up some sort of starch. So maybe a plantain because plantains are pretty easy. Sweet plantains especially are easy to fry up in a pan. You just kind of fry it like you would a potato. And they're fast. They're delicious. They're filling. And then I'll just do a quick salad on the side. And I don't like salad, but I love arugula. And so I'll do arugula with olive oil and lemon juice, salt and pepper, and that's it. And it's literally this meal is done in 10 minutes. Easy peasy. That's uh, I'm going to try that one. So it's everyone so else easy. out there, try it as well. Let me know. Um, so actually that, that brings up a good point. Um, in terms of, you know, obviously being healthy and those type of things. I know you're you're big into CrossFit, right? Yeah. Is fitness is important, but in terms of balancing the working out, right, CrossFit or whatever other people are doing and then eating properly. And I know everyone's body's different, but can you give an idea? Because, you know, obviously you're pretty fit. You eat healthy. Um, what have you found works for you in terms of, like, eating patterns throughout the day or certain foods that maybe pack a lot of energy prior to a workout? What are some things that you found that are effective that may help some other folks get started with that? I definitely – I like three big meals a day. I like having breakfast. I like having lunch. I like having dinner. I try to eat it around those same times. And, you know, every day is totally different. But I always feel like I like I had a big breakfast this morning and it's been a few days since I've done that because I've been so stressed and I feel satisfied. It's, you know, been four hours later and I'm still not hungry. And I think people don't eat enough. 
and then they find themselves just snacking and eating things that they normally wouldn't eat or um, aren't that great for them. So I think it's important to find what works for you, whether that's a few small meals throughout the day or that's three hearty meals. You have to see what makes you feel the best and you have to find um, you have to really listen to your body. And that's something that's hard for people to figure out. But listening to your body is so important. And, you know, eating just high quality protein. So grass fed, grass finished, heritage style pork, um, cage free, free range eggs, poultry. You want to make sure you're eating high quality good ingredients. So getting tons of greens in your diet on a regular basis, make sure you're eating your greens, you're getting a high quality protein and you're eating good quality fats, um, your coconut oil, your ghee, olive oil. Those main things are going to get you healthier, feeling great in your workouts, feeling great in your day to day, sleeping better. It's going to help all around. Is there a, you know, obviously besides, you know, you're, again, going to your website and your blog, is there, in terms of pulling inspiration, you mentioned for recipes, you know, you go to Pinterest and stuff like that, try things, but is there some go-to podcast or book or other things in terms of inspiration around building your business, around maybe fitness, is there is there certain things or one or two, you know, things that, to tell people, hey, go try this or go listen to this, it may help inspire you or give you, you know, good details on life, so to speak? You know, I love two podcasts. I usually listen to true crime podcasts, so murder isn't exactly inspiring, hopefully. But I do love the podcast um, Mind Pump. They're amazing. I interviewed uh, one of the main guys, Sal Stefano on my own podcast and they're huge into fitness, but they talk to tons of other entrepreneurs and, um, people in the fitness space and starting their own businesses, love them. And then I love, um, how I built this with Guy Raz. He has huge names on there. Like, um, the woman who invented Spanx and Mark Cuban, he has just has these incredible people who built these businesses. Some people came from nothing. Some people were already rich in the first place and how they built their businesses is so cool. And just wants you, it makes you want to keep pushing because I think so many people in business just give up because it doesn't work or even in fitness and in diet, people just give up because it doesn't work as quickly as we've been taught things should work. And that's just not how life is. You really have to work hard at things. So I really love those two podcasts. I think they're incredibly inspiring hearing other people's stories. No, that's good. Thanks for that, that insight there. And actually, thanks for saying, because I think it needs to be said more and more is that it's not easy. The road is, you know, it's not paved normally, right? And you know, how do you actually kind of persevere and get through that? So th that's good, kind of an ending note here then. Um, that's a good transition to, you know, obviously in terms of advice um, that you would give folks, right? So they're starting out on the journey, or maybe they haven't even, they haven't done anything. They've had this, you know, mind or, or this uh, idea in their mind. A, a nugget of information, some wisdom for you, again, to help others and say, go do that. Like, don't be pissed off or, or complain or be upset with your life. Like you can make that change. What would you say kind of one or two things to inspire folks and to, to go out there and take a leap of faith? 
My main thing is work hard every single day, whether that is, sorry, my dog is throwing bones everywhere. Work hard every day because nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to do that job. Nobody is going to fix your diet. Nobody is going to work out for you. Nobody is going to start your business for you. You have to do it. So you have to work hard at it every single day. And those, those, Things might not come to fruition in a few days' time, in a few weeks, even in a few months. But if it's something you truly believe in and you truly want, work hard at it. And that may mean starting at 5.30 in the morning and not ending till 10 at night or later many times. That's just how the world works. And if you believe in something, it will come to fruition if you are willing to put in the time and put in the hard work. That's my main thing. Just work really fucking hard. That's awesome. Julie, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. I've, I've enjoyed some of the insight. I'm, I'm hopeful to try some of the, the recipes here. Uh, but thank you so much for, uh, for joining the podcast. Of course. Good, yeah, thanks so much. Have a good one. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that uh, interview with Julie. A um, lot of great pieces of insight there. I, I know I picked up several. You know, one of the key things for me um, that I hope you guys will take away is it's only really been six years since she's been doing that blog, since she put kind of the first the first piece out there, so to speak, the first recipe. So if that goes to show, I mean, just a lot of hard work in between, as she said, you know, just making quick decisions on the fly. Not everything always worked, uh, but just kind of following her heart, listening to other folks, and 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 then making some some decisions to progress that. So she's built a, obviously a business out of it. Um, both financially, you know, rewarding as well as, you know, fulfillment emotionally, um, kind of on the inside. So it's one of those things too. I mean, something I've had a lot of self-talk in the past or self-doubt around, you know, "Ah, I don't, you know, I don't know if I want to do that or, oh man, there's a lot of work. Well, that's what it is. Anyone that's successful, there's a lot of work to, to put into it. So hopefully you guys take those little nuggets out of the the episode here with Julie that, hey, you just got to go down and grind and put in that hard work. If you follow your passions, hey, something maybe come out of it and something maybe not. It's kind of like this podcast, right? You guys may hate it and, you know, the content that I put out, right, is not good enough. So maybe that, you know, that, that tells the story. However, it might be the other way um, and people really like it or like the engaging stories, like the interviews and those type of things and, and it can progress in another direction. But you never know. Um, until you get out there and, and kind of get started with it. So hence the premise of the uh, the Just Get Started podcast. Uh, last note on Julie uh, for now, um, her website, um, paleomg.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-M-G.com. Awesome recipes, a lot of great insight. She has her own podcast, so she does a lot of stuff on um, both herself and, and as well as some interviews that she'll bring on. But also, her uh, Instagram presence um, is huge. That's where I followed her. I found her for the first time. So um, at PaleoMG um, on there, and, and she's on Snapchat and, and some others as well. But um, go follow her. Go follow her recipes. Make a couple for uh, you know the upcoming uh, holidays here. And um, I look forward to uh, having you guys uh, join in on the next episode and uh, hear your feedback in the comments or um, on various social platforms. Um, really appreciate you guys listening in and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Have a great one.